You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears offense made more progress on Sunday without Matt Nagy on the sidelines. Is that a a glimpse into the future for this Bears franchise next year and beyond? This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen each and every day here, five days a week, bringing you that Bears analysis that you are craving. And on the show today, we'll check in on sort of the, the implications from what we've seen on Sunday, what this means for the Bears offense right now and in the future, what it means for Justin Fields right now and in the future, and really for Matt Nagy right now and in the future with the team obviously losing, not playing well enough against the 49ers, but continuing to sort of take some of these steps forward and just seems like that's going to be more of what this team needs. It just hasn't been enough to actually result in wins necessarily for the head coach or even sometimes because of the head coach. So there's sort of these swirling dynamics between quarterback, head coach, and then the results that we're seeing on the field. And we'll kind of get a, a glimpse and a sense of each side of the trifecta here throughout today's podcast. I want to start with something Justin Fields said that didn't fully catch me the first time I heard him say it. After the game, you know, without Matt Nagy on the sidelines, you would sort of think that given the head coach's history with, you know, sort of being involved with Patrick Mahomes and quarterback developing, given that sort of why he was brought here, given the importance of the offense and the Andy Reid system and all the involvement that just, of course, the head coach is always going to be involved with with how the quarterback development process goes. You would think that it would be a fairly significant absence to not have the head coach involved in those quarterback discussions on the sidelines on game day. But we heard from Justin Fields after the game that maybe it wasn't as big of a deal or just what wasn't a big deal at all in his mind. I mean, he was able to just kind of go through. And I thought just sort of the, the way he talked about Matt Nagy and especially their, their in-game relationship dynamics was just, I don't know, it struck me a little bit, especially really the second time I heard it because I, I don't know if the first time I wasn't listening for it as closely or, or what it was, but it just seemed like it kind of struck me as uh, just lacking in something. And I, I try not to read too much between the lines here, but I'm just, I, I just don't hear what I thought I would hear from Justin Fields on, on ha- not having his head coach involved on the sidelines. How did Matt Nagy's absence uh, impact your day? Uh, you can't let that impact your day. Um, can't focus on that. I mean, he's not going to help us win. Staying at home, you got to focus on who's here and um, focus on the now. So, I mean, of course, uh, it was tough not having coach. He texted me this morning. I texted him back, and um, you know, he texted me after the game. I didn't see what he said yet, but uh, it was it was pretty much the same thing for me. Um, but 
I mean, you, you can't focus on that. You just got to focus on the, the, the game at hand. Were there times you're looking for him and you're seeing Chris Tabor and, you know, not knowing what to do or just, you know, did you ever have an incident, a situation like that? No. I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't understand the question, but I wasn't looking for... I mean, you normally talk to Matt during the game and stuff like that, right? I mean... Not really, no. Yeah, no, not really. So, Matt Nagy and Justin Fields not really talking that much on the sidelines? I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert in head coach to quarterback communication, and certainly I would understand, like, you know, I wouldn't think a, a defensive head coach, for example, is going to be spending a ton of time with his quarterback during the game. And even I could understand, you know, if Matt Nagy's, I don't know... Is he calling plays or whatever or focusing on, on that aspect of the game that I guess he would be talking to his quarterback more in the headset in terms of delivering the play. But you would think, especially because Nagy is no longer calling the plays, that then he would want to and, and almost, I don't say need to be, but would would want to be and force himself to be even more than in, in Justin's ear. Not that he's not paying attention the rest of the game and he's just sitting over by his quarterback the whole time. But I don't know. I just... It just strike me as a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if it's strange compared to what how other teams handle it, but I just think, especially with a rookie quarterback in this situation, and how important it is, and how much they talk about Justin Fields' development, how much everything is all focused one hundred percent on Justin Fields at this point. For him to be like, yeah, we don't really actually like talk that much during game, and it's not that he didn't notice he wasn't there. It just wasn't really a big deal, and I just I would think you know after big plays or big drives that I would I would think even Nagy would just be over there. In that conversation with the quarterbacks coach, John Filippo, I know, I believe Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, is up in the booth, so he's not physically down there. It's always, just when they cut the fields on the bench and there's always a coach talking to him, it's always John Filippo, the quarterback's coach. And I realize that is his job. That's the one position he coaches, so he should be there. But I just would think if I'm Matt Nagy and I'm the head coach and so much of my job, my job security, my team success revolves around my rookie quarterback, I would, I would think that I would be more involved in those conversations. And, and this isn't necessarily me questioning, like, you know, Nagy's doing the wrong thing there necessarily. I'm just more surprised. And I'm surprised how much it didn't seem to really matter that much to Fields. It just, I just discovered, I just felt some sort of nonchalant feelings there of, of, of Fields and Nagy. Like, I, I wasn't expecting him to put on some sob story or make that some big excuse as to, oh, man, my coach wasn't out there and I just couldn't couldn't do it without having my coach, right? It's not, it's not quite that, but it just kind of felt like it's like, oh, well, he can't help us win when he's at home. So, you know, I, I just do my thing, right? It was just like, I, I don't know. I was expecting something more than that. You know, like if that if it's Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan and Shanahan's not there, I mean, obviously Lance isn't playing for the 49ers, but I, you know, I'm putting other young quarterback and, like, genius head coach kind of things there. Or if it was Goff and Sean McVay, you know, like, and McVay misses the game, is Goff going to go out there and say, hey, you know, we didn't really miss Sean that much or whatever. It just We kind of just did it without him. You know, I, I feel like, at least give some sort of like, hey, yeah, you know, he's a really important part of this team and and not having his presence on the sideline was tough, but we did our best to kind of go through it and you know, we we fought for him and wanted to wanted to win for him and all this stuff, right? Even if it even if it's BS, right, you still sort of expect to hear some of that. And for Fields to just kind of be so I don't know, almost dismissive about it, it just it just kind of felt to me like I don't know, I'm trying not to read too much in between the lines here and put not trying to put words in anybody's mouth because of what they didn't say, but I was just missing that strong head coach quarterback bond in his words, and I, I just it's it's just raising an eyebrow at that point that for this point for me like is that what what what's the what's the full story there I think is is where I find myself just 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 
piques my interest a little bit more. That's that's as far as I'll go with. I don't want to just get into this reckless speculation game too much, but I, I just wanted to sort of lay that out there for for you to sort of decide on your own. Is that you know is that is that how you would expect your rookie quarterback to talk about his head coach if you if that relationship is everything it's you you would expect it to be that it's more expectations versus what we heard is kind of what I what I take away with but I guess in terms of expectations we are seeing more and more progress from Justin Fields this game was a step forward after the last couple of games felt like a step back and we'll we'll go into a little bit more of where we are seeing progress from Justin Fields next on locked on bears the upside is definitely starting to come through for this bears offense and speaking of upside there's a great new app called Get Upside. If you need to get some upside the way, the way the Bears have gotten some upside, this is the app for you. It's really for anybody who ever buys gasoline. You can make up to 25 cents per gallon cash back every time you fill your tank. If you download the Get Upside app, enter our promo code TOUCHDOWN. Because that promo code will give you a bonus 25 cents on your first fill up. So you can get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back when you put gas in your tank. It's super easy to use, there's no catch. Some people who use it and, and drive all the time and fill up a lot end up getting $200 to $300 a month in cash back and it's super simple. The cash back goes right into your GetUpside account and then you can directly connect your bank account if you want the direct deposit, if you'd rather go through PayPal or they can even cash you out in e-gift cards to places like Amazon and other stores. Not much more difficult than that. You get gas, use the app, money comes back to you Boom, you don't, you don't change, you don't have to change your behavior. They're rewarding you for what you already do at the pump. So head on over to the Google Play Store or the App Store, whatever kind of device you have. Download the, the, the app, get upside. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN in the app, get upside. The Chicago Bears offense is finally showing the upside we've been looking for from the move from Justin Fields to Andy Dalton, right? We, we knew that with a rookie quarterback, there was going to be a learning curve and that he wasn't going to step in right away and be a, pull, a fully polished, perfect Ohio State quarterback, right? He wasn't going to step onto the field as a rookie and be as consistently dominant as he was at Ohio State. But we also talked about how over time, you know, he would get more reps with his receivers. He would face more NFL coverages. And he would learn his offensive line a little bit more, learn the playbook, get sort of in and out of the huddle a little bit better and sort of grow in theory with the offense. And it really felt to me like this 49ers game was where that progress is really taking significant steps for it, right? It started so bad against the Browns and that all sort of went to heck. Or I guess technically started with the Bengals, but his first start to get with the Browns where he was really had a week to prepare as a starter was just, you know, awful. And then, you know, you see some flashes against the Lions and against the Raiders, and then you really slow things down a little bit against the Packers and the Buccaneers. But now, like, against the 49ers, it's it's clicking in a very real and visible way. And I thought, thought actually, Matt Nagy did a pretty good job on Monday of, you know, having been able to watch the tape and kind of go through things a little bit, describe a little bit better how and where they're really seeing that progress, specifically more from Fields in the context of the greater offense. Dealing with Justin Fields and his running, I mean, literally having a hunting or a rushing game. From your own perspective, how much more comfortable are you now allowing him to get outside the pocket and get yards upfield versus where you were at the beginning of his starting career? 
Sure. And, and, and again, that's probably Joe, a, a big part of us as a staff to being able to adapt and figure out, okay, man, these are, there's so many little moving parts to, to learning who he is as a quarterback and how he fits within this offense. And I think yesterday, uh, credit our coaching staff for being able to, to put together opportunities for him to be able to do that. And then the players to execute it. Uh, we all know, I mean, you just saw the runs when he gets around the edge. I mean, most quarterbacks are going to get tackled on the, when, when, when he's on the edge, but he had a few plays yesterday where it was him one-on-one with a DN or an outside linebacker and they didn't have a shot and he turned it into a 15 yard scramble. And we need to be able to allow him to get to those parts of his game. And yesterday I thought you saw that. And, 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 you know, Joe, whether it's a, a design QB run or whether it's, Hey, on time and in rhythm, the play's not there, take off. You saw some of those yesterday too. And the more he can do that and the more we can balance and not too much, not put too much on his plate with the, the QB zone reads and stuff. And where we allow him to play fast. I thought that's, that's a, that's a win for our offense and that's how he's going to grow. So, and then when guys get an opportunity to make a play, you have to make plays for a rookie quarterback. You have to make plays for any quarterback, but in particular, when you have a rookie quarterback um, that's out there and, 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 you know, learning and getting more and more reps versus different looks. Um, I think every play that Justin sees right now on defense, uh, the game is going to start to slow down for him. And we're all starting to kind of see the game is slowing down a little bit for him. And we're just trying to match that up with the scheme, with his ability, what he does well, what we do well as an offense. And then, and then now what happens is, is the game slows down and his decision-making gets improved. And, and, and now you're able to have more success. Uh, and when you can have more success, then you win more games. <laughs> so Matt Nagy stating some of the obvious at the end there, but sort of in between some of those kind of classic Matt Nagy quotes, you, you got at some of the heart of why this Bears offense was playing better and where you're seeing that specific progress from Justin Fields in terms of processing more quickly and getting more comfortable, right? And that was a thing, it was sort of a weird thing in, in the draft community, like with Fields going through reads in college and like some people were sort of arguing that he was too slow to go through his progressions or that he would, I don't know, that he wouldn't get off his first read. And a, a lot of the, the data sort of dispelled that. But then when he gets in the NFL, it's it's slow again because, again, it's a new offense, new defenses, new coverages, new wide receivers, new all that stuff. And now weeks later, you're getting more and more comfortable with it and it does come out quicker and it does make him a little bit more decisive on some of those throws. And we're seeing that, you know, against the blitz, he's better handling it because he knows more so where to go with the ball and and not have to always extend those plays. And then, of course, the 49ers did some things in the second half, more too deep coverage, a little bit more aggressive in the pressure to try and slow some things down, and there's still progress to be made. This is not pretending like the Bears' offense is a perfectly well-oiled machine that has no faults or Fields has no faults at this stage, right? I mean, of course, he's still a rookie. There's still more to be done here, but it is it is getting to that that like, that like acceleration point here where when when they made the decision to stick with Andy Dalton – there was this question right away of like, well, does Fields give you a better chance to win or how does Fields give you a better chance to win? And I, I was sort of on the, in the position from the very beginning that like, well, immediately 
when you when you take D- Dalton out and put in a rookie quarterback, the rookie quarterback in his first start is just not going to be as good as a veteran quarterback in his 10th season or whatever year Dalton is in. Even if he's a mediocre veteran quarterback, just a rookie in his first start, generally speaking, is not going to be as consistent as that that veteran. But I think we've reached that break-even point where we can kind of feel pretty sure that we're always going to get a Fields, or at least most more often than not going to get a Fields that's better than what Dalton could offer us. And maybe against the Buccaneers and the Packers the last couple of weeks, it was still you were still sort of hitting some of that wall. And, and against really good opponents, yeah, there's still going to be ways for teams to hold down Fields, maybe even more so than they might hold down Dalton, as Fields still, still does learn and still has ups and downs. It's not going to be a, a linear path. That's what friend of the show Mark Schofield always says, is quarterback development is not linear, meaning it's not always incrementally on this range ramp up getting better and better every game there's going to be ups and downs and bigger ups it's sort of like that idea of like you know two steps forward one step back but you're still over time in the positive direction there of growth for the quarterback and we've seen that early in Fields' career and I think we're only going to see more of that here as he starts to turn a corner and things really do slow down there will be again moments where it speeds up again and where you know the defenses slow him down but then you, you throw in the special talent with the legs and some of the just couple of those throws he made, rolling to the left and flipping his hips and that touchdown to Jesse James. I mean, they're, those are the types of special plays that are why you get Justin Fields involved in the offense early so he can work through these learning curve moments and those rookie mistakes to get you to that better quarterback in the long run here. And so not that he's unlocked it permanently and is all, is all gravy from here, but it's a good reminder of trusting this process a little bit. Maybe not trusting Matt Nagy fully in the process, but in terms of the quarterback development process and trusting that even when there are down moments or low moments with your rookie quarterback, there are going to be great positives to certainly help make up for it. Looking forward to seeing more of those from this team as the offense moves forward here and looking forward to seeing what the rest of this progress could look like as the offensive line gets a little healthier. David Montgomery eligible to return from injured reserve this week as well. So maybe you start to get a little bit more offensive weapons involved, the tight ends seemingly getting more involved, right? There's there's bits and pieces of it, and we'll kind of check in on where the entire group can go with Justin Fields next on Locked On Bears. In life, we're all bound for different things. With beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you'd just be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or you know, maybe creating my own taco flight or custom nachos, you know, something, something delicious to help me really enjoy the vacation. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I will be happy as can be. And with beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you're looking for. So what are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. It feels like this Bears offense is bound for more success. Again, depends somewhat on quality of opponent, but it's it's coming together in terms of this idea of an offensive identity a little bit more in terms of certainly Khalil Herbert being a very pleasant surprise in David Montgomery's absence. And even though, boy, the, 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 the Buccaneers game was rough. It was still, I think, it didn't, it didn't completely derail the progress we had seen the, the weeks before, and certainly the 49ers were able to kind of pick back up here, even where they were getting some, some steps forward against Green Bay. You know, as much as that game was tough and a tough one to swallow, they were still in that one well into the fourth quarter there and, and kind of keeping things alive. And so it, it, it doesn't feel like 
the offense is, is totally fixed yet or, you know, they're not playing like a top 10, top five offense, like mission accomplished. Matt Nagy's figured it out by any means. It's certainly defense is another sort of discussion separate from that. But I think it, it brings into question a little bit of, of this idea of what progress is supposed to look like and, and in what context do we measure progress. And I, I do give credit for to, I think, the person in Chicago Bears media who is doing the best job overall. I just I really appreciate his presence as Jason Leisure from the Chicago Sun Times in that he's he's been so sharp and it's it, it comes off as as anti naggy and I think it's it's an appropriate level of, of skepticism and, and harshness and it's not it, it's not tolerating BS and, and some mediocrity that it seems like this franchise is otherwise willing to tolerate. I mean, other media members do a great job, you know, and I mean, you could go through a long list of them, Adam Hogue, Adam Johns, and you know, Dan Weeder, and a lot of those guys, they do a very good job, but I've appreciated the, the, the certain sharpness, and, but there's, a, there's a, a style to it for Jason where it's not, it's not like condescending and disrespectful necessarily. It's just like, it's, it's blunt and it's, it's straightforward. And it's kind of, it's feels like accountability more so than, than purely negativity. And so he, he, Put a pretty, I think, firm question to Matt Nagy about this idea of progress that I think is a good jumping off point for the, the greater context of the head coach and this overall regime. Matt, coming off last season, George McCaskey said that you needed to show progress. Is there anywhere offensively that you can point to and say this is better than it was last year? Well, that's what every week what we're trying to do. And I think, um, you know, where we're at right now uh, with you look at what happened yesterday, if you're just asking about the offense in particular, I thought yesterday was definitely a step in the right direction for, for several different reasons. Um, and so in the end though, uh, we, we got to win, you know, you got to You got to win football games. And uh, that's very, very important. Uh, our players know that our coaches know it and all three phases are a part of winning. Uh, it's not going to be just one phase when you branch off of that, uh, when you have a rookie quarterback, you want to be able to see improvement and growth with how he's playing the game and how we're playing around him and, and coaching around him. And so um, that's important that we see that. Uh, but but in the end, uh, we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to to win and grow so that we can become you know the, the best team we can be, um, however that is. Is there anything specific that you think has progressed since last season? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, when you look at offensively, when you start a rookie quarterback, it almost gets to a point where, like, when he's been – since his first start, you we now have to be able to say, okay, now that he's the starter, how are we – what's our identity as an offense? And how is he growing also off to the side, you know? So you have this offense, and I think what we've done, Jason, is we've definitely – I think – most people would agree that we've established the run game. That has happened. That's been consistent. We've established an identity in the run game. And now the next part of that is being able to uh, establish uh, the pass game and definitely get more explosives, be able to score more points, and, and be able to, while that happens, have the quarterback get better with his decision-making and, and playmaking. And you know, when you look at yesterday's game and we, you know, when you watch the game play by play, decision by decision, um, yesterday was a really good game for Justin Fields, a really good game. 
and his players made plays around him, which is important. And there was, there was a lot of growth from him. So if you look at it, you know, we lost, right. And, and Justin, every coach, every player is going to tell you that we care about winning. That's what's important. Um, Justin's growth and development is separate. And yesterday was a, was growth for him. And, um, but it was a loss for us. So we got to get growth for him and wins for us so that we all feel good with, with the winning part. Again, <laughs> both times from, from Matt Nagy, it's like, he makes a good point, And then like the, the dismount is just like, we all have to feel good about the winning part. And it's just like, uh, it's like, I'm trying to make a point, Matt. <laughs> it's hard when you end it quite, when you quite like that. But, but, the, but I think the, the question is interesting that, I mean, like, yes, you know, George McCaskey said the Bears offense and the team needs to show progress this year. But for, but is it, is it fair to compare directly to last year? I mean, offensively, you go from a quarterback in his third season in the offense. And I guess Foles was kind of a different. You kind of went back and forth between them to a rookie quarterback. Kind of, for me, resets a little bit of the discussion of, of where you measure progress from. But at the same time, I also feel like week eight is not a good place to pull out the measuring stick and say, all right, here's... Here's progress. I mean, I think where you need to see is you know week sixteen, week seventeen, right? If with a with a rookie quarterback, if if I'm if I'm trying to measure, okay, is this offense going in the right direction compared to previous years? It, it's all about what they're doing with fields and where that progress is. And so, to some extent, this game against the 49ers marked a significant step in that for me. In in the quarterback looking the most comfortable he has looked up to this point. At the same time, that was. 175 passing yards and one touchdown, and I mean, plus 100 yards rushing. Don't get me wrong, but not a, they, they didn't complete a pass 20 yards downfield. So like it was, there were special plays, special moments, and an overall very very solid game from Justin Fields. Do not get me wrong. This is not a criticism of Fields whatsoever, but it, but there is still room for this offense to keep being better. Right? This was not again. This was not mission accomplished, problem solved. Everything is set and locked in where it needs to go. But I do think that that's where we need to start looking for more to be able to to be able to be more dynamic more explosive more well-rounded and finish some of those drives and with more points on the board and then of course eventually you need to add a defense into it too but it's it's just kind of taking these little pieces that we've seen and and collectively bringing them more together And, and so if you can sort of take that next step that's where I think progress really belongs right it's really it's really in those explosive plays it's in Fewer of those checkdowns, a few of those plays where Fields has to take a fourth and one that's a broken play and scramble for a touchdown, right? I mean, amazing, amazing play and 100% like Fields' talent taking over. Ideally, when the offense is at its best, he shouldn't, he should need to work so hard to make that work, right? It shouldn't take a Herculean effort from your rookie quarterback in order to convert that fourth down play and ultimately make it into a touchdown. The touchdown should be easier. The offense should be easier. That's that's what I think it's looking like. It's like we're at this stage now where Field is making some absolutely spectacular throws and spectacular runs to keep the offense going, and that is great to see from Fields, but the offense doesn't need to be that hard, and it shouldn't be that hard, and you should be doing more to help your rookie quarterback 
by ma- to make it less difficult, right? Your receiver should be making more plays after the catch. They should be more open. There should be more time for him to throw. There should be, you know, more created. I mean, generally speaking, they've been creating enough in the running game, although this one against the 49ers, they did a pretty good job of slowing down Khalil Herbert for the most part. But right, there should be more creativity, multiplicity, and, and different looks and moving things around to dictate the defense a little bit more. It's, it felt like at times defenses are still kind of dictating the Bears' offense in terms of blitzing and, and forcing them to change their protections and and bring in more guys to pass block and set up things up specific ways to kind of combat defenses. And ideally, you'd like to be the offense that is dictating the defense. But that's that's where we come back to that idea of, of progress and growth. And that's where the growth needs to be. And that's where Matt Nagy, I think, is ultimately going to be, well, I mean, he's going to be ultimately judged on wins and losses. But that's where the difference between these wins and losses are going to come, where Nagy will be judged, right? I think that's that's the point. That That's the bigger point here is that, like, in order for games like the 49ers to have offensive progress and wins, not just Justin Fields playing better, but Justin Fields playing better and teams winning, it, it comes in those, those specific ways where this offense needs to be better. And then specifically in a game like the 49ers, the defense also needs to be better too. And that's not 100% on Matt Nagy. And I don't think the 49ers game is this clear sign of total defensive collapse for the rest of the season, but it is a very real concern that I'm sure we'll, we'll have to dive into a bit more this week as we also then get ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up on Sunday as well. We'll have lots more to get to all week long. Crossover Thursday with our friends from Lockdown Steelers. Game plan together on Friday and so much more. So make sure that you subscribe to the Lockdown Bears podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thank you for making Lockdown Bears your first listen each and every day. When you're done with Lockdown Bears, your second listen, how about Peacock and Williamson, our national NFL show, breaking down the game from all different angles with former NFL scout Matt Williamson provides some great perspective. And Brian Peacock's just a great co- great host. You heard him on the Lockdown 49ers podcast. Just, he's just a great radio guy and is, is definitely has a great, well-rounded knowledge of the NFL. So plenty more goodies coming for you across the Locked On podcast network. We're going to be breaking down the NFL trade deadline with a live show as well. And the Bears make any kind of trade moves, we'll be on top of that as well. The big Von Miller deal, of course, kind of shook things up yesterday. I'm not expecting anything that crazy from Chicago, but hey, you never know. We'll, we'll, either way, we'll be on top of it. We'll break it all down for you. And hopefully, as a result, make it that much easier for you to bear down.